BHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi, folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. KB Cabaret would also like to introduce a new voice talent, Dawn Gould. Welcome to our town, welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. Don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we are proud to present our guest musician, Brad Merrill, with a selection of songs from his new album, Shark in a Puddle. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. And now, KB Cabaret presents Advice with Granny Ada, Parlor City's cherished advice columnist. Dear Granny Ada, I have... A sensitive issue I wish to ask advice on. My husband and I are both in our mid-twenties. We have been married for a little under five years, and I love my husband very much. Our marriage seems to have been made in heaven, since it's perfect in almost every way. He is a gentleman, a good provider, and a wonderful father to our two-year-old little girl. So what's my issue? Well, Granny Etta, I came home early from work a few weeks ago, and and I found my husband prancing around the house in my lavender silk bra and panty set. I was shocked. So was he, for he was caught in the act. He broke down and cried, telling me he liked the feel of ladies' lingerie for as, for as long as he can remember and had been wearing them under his clothes since he was fourteen. Granny Etta, I don't know what to do. I love him with all my heart, but to think of him in my lingerie makes my toes curl. What should I do? Stuck between bikinis and briefs. Dear Stuck, How delightful! Having a two-for-one sale in the lingerie department can have a whole different meaning in your household, dear. Your husband is perfect in every way. You can share your dresser drawers, be color-coordinated for the holidays, or mix and match. No unsightly boxer briefs for your man, no sir. A nice, delicate bustier and lacy boyfriend briefs may be just the compromise you're looking for. In all seriousness, this uh, win-win may not be as palatable as he would like it to be. You need to sit down with your thoughts and perhaps a counselor to sort this one out. With his clothes on, you see your husband, the one you married and love. 
With his clothes off, you see that Victoria has more than one secret that you really wish you didn't know about. After several counseling sessions, a, a few boxes of tissues, and watching Mrs. Doubtfire, decide your priorities. It's either accept your husband's feminine side or move on and find a man who prefers flannels. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Ada. Right here, Beulah. I'm doing the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Parlor City chef extraordinaire, Beulah Deschamps. Oh, my. What are you carrying, Beulah? My high school yearbook and my treasure trove of awards. How special. What's the occasion? My 40-year high school reunion is tonight, and I'm all excited. I've been preparing for weeks. Well, that's wonderful. I was a cheerleader, you know, and crowned as homecoming queen for senior year. Here's my tiara. Oh. And my pom-poms. My trophy for highest leg lift in a cheer. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> yes, especially made up for me, and this lovely trophy for most creative beverage and pie. Most creative beverage and pie? Again, they made the trophy especially for me. You have my interest piqued, Beulah. Well, dear, we had several parties to go to junior and senior year, and you know how strict chaperones and parents are at parties, dear. Yes. Well, dear, I was the creative party girl in the group, so I created some fun treats. Here, I brought some over. Here is a nice glass of punch. Have some. Um, Beulah... What's in it? Oh, just orange and pineapple juice and ginger ale. That's it? That's right. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. This is just as you said, fruit punch and ginger ale. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> Would you like some ice, dear? Well, yes. I didn't want to say anything, but it is quite warm. Here, dear. Let me put in some cubes for you. Thank you. See how warm it is? The ice is melting quickly. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, my gosh. This is full of something strong. Oh, rum, dear. I just put five shots of 42-proof Malibu rum in your punch. How did you... The ice. Yes, dear. I chose 42-proof Malibu rum because of the lower alcohol content. The higher alcohol content, the lower the temperature it needs to freeze. You would need liquid nitrogen to freeze vodka, for instance. And that really wasn't too safe. I didn't know that. But this Malibu worked nicely. It was a hit at all the parties. I was the maker of ice. And what did you do to the pie? Oh, nothing, dear. Just banana cream pie. Have a piece. Do I dare? Well, it's just a little spicy. Just a taste. <sighs> okay. Mmm. Very sweet. You're right. It is spicy. I know there must be some alcohol in here. <laughs> of course there is. It's full of banana liquor and rum. But I put in nutmeg, clove, and cinnamon to cover up the potency. It wasn't a coincidence. I was popular in high school, even at parties today. <laughs> I can't deny you were creative. Still am. Dear... You're not eating or drinking anything. Beulah, you know I can't have alcohol during the show. Well, I haven't had anything all morning, so waste not, want not. Hmm. Hmm. A little punch. Hmm. Ah. Hit the spot. Uh, well, dear, I have to go and get ready for Bobby. Bobby? Why, yes, he was the high school homecoming king. Here's a picture of him in the yearbook. You look while I finish up these melted cubes. Mmm. Um, handsome, very handsome. Mmm. 
Beulah. Beulah, what are you doing? I'm eating a banana, a banana with a, a little whipped cream. <laughs> Beulah, when does the reunion begin? <laughs> when the little hand is on tree and the big hand, old, old hand is on, uh, oh, you know, up there. <laughs> And then I would suggest drinking some strong coffee in the green room. Leave the melted ice cubes here in the pie with me. <laughs> Boys. Walk Beulah around a bit and then take her to the green room. Thanks. And give her plenty of black coffee. Oh, dear. Dear, dear you're just all so, so good to me. <laughs> Well, I hope Beulah gets to go to her reunion and actually remember it. I'd like to thank Beulah for being on our show and sharing her camouflage ideas. I will be posting her banana cream pie recipe on our site because it is good, and frankly, the cream and bananas can be used on cookies and cupcake fillings, too. Just go to kbcabaret.com, that's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T.com, and click on to Beulah's Recipe Bar. in studio with Brad Merrill, a very talented young man who has just released an album called Burdens of Being a Person, and he is in his own self-band called Shark in a Puddle. Every single song on here is amazing. You are a talent at the young age of 20, and I can say that because I'm in my mid-50s and you're like a son to me, or my son's age, actually. And you play everything. You play the guitar, and you have the vocals, and the mandolin, and the keyboards, and drums, and you wrote the lyrics, and the melody, and I could go on. But uh, each of these songs are like a little jewel in themselves. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, because at such a young age, to come up with over you know, a dozen songs on an album, and each one good, did you ever take lessons? No, I've never had any music lesson. When I was a little kid, I had some piano lessons, but that didn't really take me anywhere. I started playing guitar about three years ago. I decided I should know how to play an instrument. Music was like a big part of my life. And so I started playing guitar and just tried making little songs for myself. Just recently, I decided I should actually start letting other people hear this too. Now, I'd like to talk about the first song we're going to be listening to, and it is called Every Day. Tell me something about this particular song. Uh, this is actually the earliest song on the album. It's the uh, first one that I wrote, and it sounds the most upbeat of all the songs on there. It's, it's many people's favorite. It's sort of about running out of ways to explain myself or just kind of not knowing how to describe something like what I'm doing with this song right now. Every day. I 
I'll run away, it's not today. This is what I say every day, every day. I never get my way every day, every day. Every single day, every day. Every single day. Welcome to the debates. The three candidates for mayor are here to discuss issues while you decide which one to vote for. This promises to be an evening to remember, full of important policies and ideas that will affect the lives of our citizens for years to come. Let's hear the candidates' opening statement. First, our incumbent mayor, running for re-election, Mayor J.B. Stubbs. It's a pleasure to be here in front of the best people in the world, the citizens of our great city. How I love you and our beautiful town. I've worked hard over the past four years to be the best mayor possible, and it's clear that no one else could do a better job. So vote for me, and we'll continue on our glorious journey through life in the best place in the world. Thank you, Mayor. Now we'll hear from our second candidate, City Councilwoman Cecilia Biggles. I've been in politics for many years, but I've never heard a more pompous load of dung than what I just heard from our worthless mayor. While our city crumbles, the mayor sits in his office, fat and happy, smoking his cigars and drinking his scotch. The people deserve better. Get rid of that scoundrel on election day by voting for me, Cecilia Biggles. Hey, this bloviating battle axe mentioned my name, so I believe I'm entitled to a rebuttal. Yes, go ahead, Mr. Mayor. There's only one thing wrong with our city, and it's that God hasn't seen fit to strike down this sorry excuse of a city councilwoman for conduct unbecoming of a functioning human being. Where was she when I was cutting taxes for our richest citizens, or giving city building contracts to my relatives, or judging the city beauty pageant? I'll tell you where she was, leading protests and letter-writing campaigns and petitions to remove me from office. Ms. Biggles will soon find out that our fair-minded and intelligent voters don't appreciate such shenanigans. I'll be in your office the morning after Election Day to clean up the corruption and filth. You'll be going directly from your office chair to a jail cell. Why, you... I have to interrupt and bring some order to this debate. We haven't heard from our third candidate yet, Mr. Angus Sidewinder. Mr. Sidewinder, please give us your opening statement. You know what's wrong with this place? You can't get any good barbecue here. I went to some barbecue joint downtown last night and the ribs tasted like rubber boots dipped in kerosene. Who Whoever taught you people to make ribs like that? Uh, you're not from around here, are you, boy? Hell no! I'm from Texas, where we know how to make barbecue. And when I'm mayor, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Show you damn Yankees how to make barbecue that won't make people blow their lunches. That's it? That's your only idea for improving life here? What more do you need? If you can get good barbecue in town, everything else just falls in place. Why, I bet if you had some good barbecue in you, you wouldn't talk like such a clueless harpy. Harpy. Is that how they speak in Texas? I've never heard such... Well, now, Angus, you don't seem like such a bad guy after all. Why don't you come over to my office tomorrow and we'll see if we can't get you a job with a food inspection commission. If that isn't an example of the good old boys network in action, destroying our town with more cronyism and incompetence... No, I think we better get back on topic. Quiet, woman. We are on topic. The mayor was just talking about giving me a job. This is an outrage. There are potholes in the streets, criminals in the alleyways, deficits in the treasury, and all we're talking about is barbecue? Lady, I've met rattlesnakes that had better outlooks on life than you do. You're not qualified to be mayor. You're not even qualified to scrape the grease off the rip pit walls in my new barbecue place that I'll be building once the mayor here appoints me to the Food Inspection Commission. That is a gross 
conflict of interest. I protest. That's all you've done in the four years I've been mayor. Once this election is over, I'll be sending a few of my supporters around to pay you a special visit. Then I'm going out for some good barbecue at Angus's place. I'll be happy to have you, mayor. Just leave this loud little lady behind, if you don't mind. Oh, dear. I seem to have lost control of this debate. Right now, I want to lay out the specifics of my plans to improve our city. That's what debates are supposed to be for. I'm I'm sorry, Miss Diggers, but our time is up. You can continue talking, but I'm going out with Angus and the mayor. Hey, you Yankees may not know how to make barbecue, but this debate was fun. Come back here. I'm not done. Okay, sir. Have a seat and I'll show you around. This is so cool. I know. Getting a new car is always an amazing experience. I know, right? God, look at all these gadgets. Now, if you look to your left, that is the back latch opener. Ooh. And on the right, under your window washer, you'll find your gas and accelerator adjuster. What do you mean? Here, take a look. See, if I push the knob towards you, the pedal comes up. And if I push away, the pedal goes back down to the car floor. Oh, yeah. Now, this is a fun feature. Your hands-free Bluetooth phone center. All right. So, hand me your phone, and I'll just sync in your code here and download your contacts. Oh. Believe you me when I tell you, you'll be wondering how you could have ever lived without this before. And done. Now, press this. Welcome. Please say your name. Bobby. Bobby. Is that correct? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Did not register. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Did not register. Yes. Thank you. Registered. Hello, Bobby. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> there now. You're registered. This is so cool. Now press the phone symbol to answer and the same symbol to hang up. Got it. Well, here's your keys. Your auto manual's in the glove compartment, along with a copy of the registration and insurance. If you need me, here's my card. Call me, and welcome to the family. Thank you. Bye. Oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Remote start. Oh, hey. Oh, this is so cool. Ah, uh, self-adjust seat and mirrors. Oh, man. And drive. Oh, the phone's ringing. Uh, uh, where did he say to pick up? Here? Uh, hello? Hello? Honey? Uh, I'm in the new car. Oh, you got it? Yeah, I just have to press. Phone call ended. Thank you. Oh, man, I just hung up. Okay, press phone. Hello, Bobby. Hello, I want to make a call. Hello, Bobby. A, a call? I'm sorry, does not compute. Would you like to make a call? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, does not compute. Would you like to make a call? Yes. Did you say yes? Yes. Yes. In a few words, who would you like to call? Honey Bunny. I'm sorry. Does not compute. Would you like to make a call? Yes. In a few words, who would you like to call? Honey Bunny. Daycare center. Is that correct? No. Hanging up? No. Would you like to make a call? Yes. In a few words, who would you like to call? You may also say the number starting with the area code. <sighs> five, 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 five. Five, five, five. Five, five, dial in. No, I'm not done. I'm sorry, not enough numbers. Would you like to make a call? Ah, I told you I'm not done, you stupid car. Got it. Calling OnStar. No! Ah, you no-good son of a... OnStar, what's your emergency? Hello? Hello? Illusions is a song that I think reflects a lot of your persona, the way you bring out this actual album, the idea behind the album. It reminds me a little of the stories behind Perks of a Wallflower, like I was saying, Catcher of the Rye. The type of angst that a young person would have and does have. I, I don't know many young people who don't have the angst of a life, of, of what it's all about. Tell me about Illusions. Um, Illusion, it's sort of an abstract song. It's sort of about how we could all be just living in a dream or just be part of a story. I tried to make an album a while back about subconscious thinking, but um, this is the only song from that that I ended up liking, so it made it way onto this album instead. But I think it definitely fits with the theme of this one, and it's about a few things, but I think it's probably my favorite from the album. It's a very beautiful song, so let's listen to Illusions. 
That's why we write comedy. KB Cabaret presents The Dysfunctionals. Well, they should be here in a few minutes. You know, I'm curious how it went. I know how it went. My daughter's an idiot. That's not very nice. She just wants to help Mother Ruth. Her mother's fine. Ruth is a very anxious lady. She's always been anxious. So what? Well, Alice found this world-renowned stress therapist. She studied the art of Reiki and has healed many of our friends. Alice just thought she could help her mother. Oh, look, here they are. Now be nice. I'm always nice. Hi, honey. Mother Ruth. Well, how did it go? Where's the server? Why? I need a drink. Excuse me, uh, uh, may I have a double vodka martini, please? Extra olives. Yes, ma'am, right away. I can't believe you took me there. Look at me, look at me. I'm still shaking. I see it went well, Ruth. <laughs> Are you kidding, Stanley? I'm more nervous now than I was when I went into that stupid washerwoman's room. Washerwoman? She was a quack, not a doctor. I take that back. I don't want to insult washerwomen. I have no idea what you are saying. My metaphysical energy, my aura, what the heck does that mean? Reiki is a Japanese healing art form. I have a feeling the Japanese are laughing at how stupid we are in believing that crap. Ma! I told you she's an idiot. I am not. Reiki is all about the channeling of energy, the healing power of touch, the sweeping away of the negative and bringing forth the positive. I've been trying to sweep away your negative energy for years. Obviously that hasn't worked. You are so disrespectful. Well, what happened? Well, first I had to lie on a table. I want you to close your eyes, Ruth. Just breathe in and out, slowly counting. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, 
four. Feel each part of your body, starting with your toes, then your ankles, going all the way up to the crown of your head. Listen, lady, if I wanted to feel my body, I wouldn't be here. Ruth, close your eyes and imagine slowly getting up, walking to a beautiful gilded arched double door. Remember, Ruth, you are always in safety. I don't see a gilded arch double door. No, Ruth, close your eyes. Just imagine. What? The door. All I see is a door that has an exit sign above it. Close your eyes, Ruth. This is your inner door. What inner door? Then after all that mumbo jumbo, I had to go to a beach. Didn't that relax you, Mother Ruth? Heck no. You know how I hate the beach. Burning of the sun, the jellyfish, drowning. Oh, my lord. She started waving her hands above me like a wacky, waving, inflatable tube man. I am scanning your energy, Ruth. Scanning? With your hands? You're telling me I'm ejecting energy from my pores? You're not even touching me. I am working on your aura and the chakra systems trying to sense what areas in your body are blocked. I can tell you what area is blocked, but usually I take Metamucil for that. Then she placed her palm between my eyes. Did you know I have a third eye, Stanley? I suspected it. Then came the Star Trek episode. Star Trek episode? She stood on the other side of the room, beaming my energy. You're a nutcase sending your mother to a place like that. I should have known better than to think you or Mob would be open-minded. Open-minded? She was pretending to air sweep bad spirits from my body. And then, finally, she placed her hand on top of my head to seal the good spirits in. What if there were bad spirits lingering about up there? What if she sealed them in, too? I I'm telling you, I'm more nervous than I was when I went in. What do you expect? It was your daughter's idea. Let's just order something. Food will do you good, Ruth. Yeah, I'm starving. Good idea. I could use another drink. I don't know, Stanley. Ruth. Yes, Stanley? Close your eyes and channel your energy into a Reuben sandwich with extra dressing. With a side of steak fries and ketchup? That's the spirit, Ruth. That's the spirit. So our saga ends again for now, but join us next time for The Dysfunctionals. Hi. Hi, Gladys. I'm so glad you came. This is Harold, my husband. Harold, this is my colleague Gladys from work. She just came on board as an assistant to the HR department. Nice to meet you. Oh, you two are gay? Well, if you mean we're a same-sex couple, then yes. Oh, I see. Uh, why don't you go inside and mingle? There are hors d'oeuvres in the dining room table and drinks in the kitchen. Help yourself. Okay, thanks. What's wrong with her? I really don't know her. Maybe she just had a crush on me and was disappointed. You mean all the good men are taken? <laughs> Excuse me, are these the glasses uh, we're supposed to use for the soda? Oh, hi, Gladys. Happy you could come. Yes, I think John said those are for the beverages. Huh. You'd think he'd have better taste. Anything wrong? No, no. Just you'd think John and his partner would have better taste in decorative accessories, like these glasses. I don't understand. What do you mean? You know... How those people have the eye for decorating. Those people? We're in the 21st century, Gladys. I can't believe I'm hearing this. Excuse me. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have the diet soda or, or, no, no, the flavored berry water. So anyways, he's so cute when he gets mad. All I said was the vinyl part of the shower curtain should go in, not out of the tub. And that's why you had the tiff? Well, yes, it was too early to be lectured to. But we made up. I hate to carry on. <laughs> <laughs>
Excuse me, is that chair taken? Yes, dear. By you. Huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, when are you due? I said, when is the baby supposed to arrive? Uh, Mary, right? I'm not pregnant. Oh, you sure? No, she's not. But we are. I mean, we're adopted. I think that's great. You've been waiting for quite a while, haven't you? Yes, but finally all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed, and we finally got the call. We're flying over to Kenya to pick up our little baby girl. I didn't think that gay people could adopt. That child is going to be so confused. What? Well, think about it. She's black, you're white, and mommy and daddy are both men. Personally, I don't think anyone should have children. The people in this world are too busy killing each other. Why bring in more children to be killed? I need a drink. Uh, You need a drink, Harold? Mary? Come on, Harold. Get up. Let's get some fresh air. It stinks in here. Doesn't smell so bad in here. Maybe she meant that strong aftershave they were wearing. okay. What can I say? A lot of people talking at the same time. No one can hear each other. You know, same old, same old. I hate going to these things. I never know what to say. Yeah, 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 socializing, making friends. I know, Ma. You say that all the time. Funny thing you know, Ma. I go because you're right. I want to make friends, but in all the years I go to these things, no one ever calls me back. I just don't understand what's wrong with these people. The long-awaited reunion of 1980s rock band The Brass Astros has not been a lesson in peace, love, and kumbaya. They're arguing about the music, the money, and the drugs, which is coincidentally the very same things they argued about when they broke up. It doesn't help that Zeke doesn't remember how to play the drums. It doesn't help that their dead bass player's widow still gets a cut of any money they make. And it definitely doesn't help that Danny's new girlfriend happens to be Corey's daughter. Will Corey, Danny, and Zeke ever be able to let bygones be bygones and find that lost musical passion again? Will that new single ever get released? Does anybody care? Join us as we try to answer these questions on this episode of the Brass Astros. You guys have been sitting in the studio for weeks now, and I haven't heard any music. You're wasting my time and your money. How can we be wasting money? We don't have any. Quiet, Zeke. I wrote some new lyrics for a song. Finally! That's great! Dad, listen to Danny's lyrics and see if you can come up with some music for them. It's called Make Your Choice. Make your choice. Sound your voice. Reject or rejoice. Bobby Hart or Tommy Boyce. Oh, man, hand me the barf bag. What do you mean, Corey? You don't like it? Bobby Hart or Tommy Boyce? You want to sing about them? I couldn't think of anything else that rhymed. Nobody even knows who they are now. We partied with them once, remember? It was them and the Tallahassee Lassies on the balcony in Miami. What a great time. Who are Bobby Hart and Tommy Boyce? See? Boyce and Hart, they were singers and... Never mind, you're too young. You keep saying that. Maybe you're too old. Too old for what? Me. What's wrong with you, Danny? You used to write poetry. Those lyrics sound like they came from a restroom wall. Hey, plenty of my lyrics ended up on restroom walls. Okay, let's assume you're in a restroom stall reading your lyrics on the wall. What? 
and you have that one and only handwritten copy of Make Your Choice in your back pocket. You go to flush, and you notice it's floating in the bowl. Do you fish it out or let it swirl? Make your choice. I don't know why I ever got talked into this reunion idea. You're as much of a worthless moron as you ever were. Stop with the insults, Danny. He's my dad. I'm also the only chance you have to avoid the washed-up 80s singer on Skid Row syndrome. You'll like it on Skid Row, Danny. Lots of your friends live there, like me. That's it. I am done. I don't need you idiots. I am moving back to L.A. and make a solo album. Come on, Gracie. We're making a permanent road trip. Gracie, let's go. You coming? I notice she's not rushing to pack her bags. Gracie, I'm leaving. Now. Make your choice. Bobby Hart or Tommy Boyce. What are you talking about, Danny? I have a life here. I run a business. I'm part of a family. Why would I want to give that up to be one of your glorified groupies in L.A.? I thought we had a future together. You've always told me how you wanted to be the main squeeze of Danny Fanny of the Brass Astros. Right. Danny Fanny of the Brass Astros. Not Danny Fanny washed up 80s singer on Skid Row. What's the difference? It's still me. Don't you get it? If I wanted to hook up with an old obsolete rock star, I'd look for David Lee Roth or David Cassidy. I want you and my dad together in the Brass Astros. That's why I went out with you in the first place. If you're going to L.A. to be a solo act, count me out. Make your choice. Bobby Hart or Tommy Boyce? (laughs) That's my girl. So that's it, Gracie? I have to choose between you and your dad and this degenerate band of wankers or Danny Fanny, the solo artist. I guess I'd better go off and think about my choices. You've heard all the voices. Rejects or rejoices. Bobby Hearts or Tommy Voices. Now next I'd like to talk about a song for Liz. Uh, this obviously was written for someone, or am I just yes. assuming? Yes, this is for my friend Liz. I wrote this because she was just going through a rough time. Her boyfriend had broken up with her and told her that he was gay, and she just had moved to a new school and didn't have many friends, and her former best friend had moved away and broke off communication. And so I decided I would write her this song to try to make her feel better. And so it ends up really being the song in the album that is sort of saying that you should feel better instead of just... And did you make her feel saying, better? Saying all the bad things. Yeah, I think, I think I did in some way. And I, I really think, by listening to this, that it must have been a gift when you handed this to her. I really do. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to Song for Liz. Alone again inside a storm of stupid thoughts and savage thorns that sting inside your teary eyes and break the view of starry skies that shower down upon your head. Winter comes when the summer sun is dead. Of artichokes, bodies made from frilly folks have left you standing on the street. Internal wars that can't be beat, intentions of a greater past sing through swings and frolic through the grass. And the liar left her lights off in the living room to show she isn't home. You'll never be abandoned by the ones who know what it's like to be alone. Oh, listen to the words I say through saddened eyes on Saturdays The autumn leaves are falling down Soon they'll learn to leave this town So don't believe the things you say I know you know you'll find a friend someday Oh, and the carnivals are spinning still Carousels and wedding bells and sirens sounding through the night They all awake the morning light So think the thoughts of green not gray Darkness dies at the dawn of every day The liar left her life inside the garden Full of grass all overgrown You'll never be a 
abandoned by the ones who know what it's like to be alone. Hey, Wubby! Hey, happy Friday, fellas. About time you wait. One Mike's hard womenade coming up. Not so fast, Wani. It's been a lousy week. Bosses will even widen my tail weight, we saw. Maybe something a little stronger than the usual. Wanna try a wagga? Nah, I'm leaning more towards an India pale ale. Might I recommend a nice black oak nut brown amber? It's got a rich, smooth, creamy texture with just a peripheral hint of citrus flavor around a higher alcohol percentage that'll go right along with your less than stellar day. Okay, pull it up, but don't put no damn women slice in there. As instructed. Here you go, Wobby. Drink up. Well, here's to the Friday afternoon therapy group. To Ralph, Roger, Wiki, and my favorite bartender, Wani. Cheers! Hey, Wobby, looks like we got some fresh meat sitting in the corner. Or the way I see it. Two lovely rabbits looking to order up a little Roger casserole for once. <laughs> yeah, white. White, you got a shot. She's out of your wee. Just look at her. Wiki's white, Roger. You're crazy. And just to make things interesting, I'm in for a dollar if you make it past hello. <laughs> yeah, Wani, I'll take a dollar on that one, too. Double money says he's too afraid to even go through with it. Well, buckle up, guys, because Roger's few and wucky. You know, Wani, I think Ralph and Wiki ought to follow him over so when Roger starts weighing down his smack, they have the perfect place to listen and worm from the master. <laughs> <laughs> master? Shh, can't wake his spirit now, can we? <laughs> That's right, fellas. Weff all you want. You won't be weffing Wong once Roger really gets wucky. Ooh, what a wucky man he was. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies. My name's Waja, and... I'll have a water, please. Huh? I'll have a water. A what? A water. Could you repeat that, please? Water. A water. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm not... Could you a... make that too? Uh... Two waters. One for her and one for me. And if it's not too much trouble, put a slice of lemon in mine. We should be ready to order after you bring those. Uh, certainly. I I'll be right back. You know, Roger, if you're going to work here, you have to wear a dress. <laughs> Go ahead, Weff. But if they weave a tip, I'm keeping it. Oh, and uh, the lady on the Weff wants a slice of lemon in her water. A toast to Roger. For showing us how it's really supposed to happen. Cheers! By the way, I made it past hello, so you each owe me two dollars. First of all, before we end this interview, I want to thank you very much for being on my program. It's been an honor and always is an honor to meet someone who is truly a genuinely born talent. Tell me about Remember Me. This is sort of like the closest to what you would call a love song, but it's not exactly, but it's definitely can be perceived that way. This is the one that I had warned my grandmother about so that she didn't think I had anything wrong with me and that I was fine. First of all, before we play Remember Me, I just wanted to, again, plug this wonderful album called Burdens of Being a Person. There will be a link on Brad's Facebook page that we have on our website, and all he is asking for is a token of your donation, your how much you love his music. Pay accordingly. He didn't put a price on his songs, and I guess that means that they're priceless. His site is on our site, Under Musicians. And now listen to Remember Me. And again, Brad, thank you very much for being on our show. It's wonderful speaking with you. I know you don't feel the same way as I do When we both share a shadow the sun itself drew And I wish that we could let it live on someday Though I know that the world doesn't work out that way Still I hoped you'd imagine A world where it 
it's weak Cause it's lonely inside when it's always just me Though I almost once wished that I could forget you I knew in my heart it could never come true So I'll write a song Before it's all gone That the window wouldn't open so fast And let out all the things that I love from the past And I'll hold this moment together today With the hope that soon everything will be okay But nothing is certain, not even time So don't try to change it, don't try to rewind And tell me right now that you won't forget me so I know that I'll live on in your memory Why should I care if the rest all forget? If you remember, I'll have no regrets Why should I care about anyone else? The truth is I don't even care for myself I don't know what to do and I don't think I will But not knowing what's coming is a third of the thrill That's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up with our climbing number of over 20,000-plus listeners and growing that we are generating live on this show, our podcast, and on iTunes. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. Love to have you and share our parlor city. Come back again now to KB Cabaret.